Welcome to the Never Iron Anything Comics Review Podcast, um, a show that tries to dig a little deeper into the stories and creators that we love. This week, back in the regular chair, is comics creator, collector and aficionado, Mr. Alan Henderson. Um, apart from being on another podcast, how you been, babes? You all right? No, so bad, yes. It's, uh, <laughs> it's, good, to be, it's good to be home. Good yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For those that don't know, we had Alan, who don't, maybe don't listen to it, we had Alan on the Awesome Comics Podcast talking about his vast collection of original art. And it was, uh, do you know what? One of our biggest, from a sort of listenership, one of our biggest episodes for ages, yeah. that one. It's good, isn't it? Yeah, clearly me uh, getting all the family to listen to it helped. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and the original art collection's expanded again. This oh, week. yeah, you bought some George and Lynn, uh, didn't you? Yeah, uh, yes. <laughs> no, but which when I said to, to Mrs. Henderson, oh, I got George, she looked at me and I went, it's not one of the two saucy ones, don't worry. <laughs> and, then, and then she was like, wait, having seen it, she was like, okay, I'll let you away with that one. But yeah. Oh, good. But, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Mine's hanging in the office, mine and mine's. Yeah. It's about a vicar <laughs> yeah. asking her how her dress stays up or something. <laughs> but, uh, well, no, mine, mine, so this one's about uh, a, a French and Scottish girl, one who's staying out to the wee hours, and the other one oh, going, that's right. it's not the wee hours. <laughs> Uh, anyway, <clears throat> yeah, that's a cracker. That one. He does great because it's not um, John and Burns, isn't it? It's the guy who took over his name. His name's no, escaping it's, me. Um, Goal. Goal. That's it. Yeah, yeah. He his does. First name escapes me. Yeah. Great female faces, doesn't he? Really great yeah, yeah, stuff. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and and surprisingly good value as well. Those pages, aren't they? They're dirt cheap on on the eBay find that I had. Though I I saw that you went looking through the other things that the seller was selling and. Found some choice items. Oh yeah, um, I did yeah. <laughs> but let's leave that for another day. Right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, know, I did never, briefly never see. In the... I did see that another um, commentator on this podcast made a made a comment about them and then then deleted it. I know it's so. I should be bringing that up with him, but yeah, it made me laugh anyway because yeah. I sort of briefly saw it. But uh, yeah, um, cool. Right, so. We have. I've challenged you again this week with another Marvel book, haven't I? Because you being a DC guy, yeah. I keep thinking of Marvel things I'd like you to read. Um, <laughs> now, um, a mini series. Did you want to tell the listeners what we're going to be talking about, dude? So we are going to be talking about a book called X Men Magneto Testament. Yeah, strange Which... title that for it. <laughs> now, like, now that you're saying it out yeah. loud, I've thought not really much to do with what it's about. Yeah, it's um, the name's not in the title there. The, the story's not in the title, is it? There, to be fair, no, it's not. It's yeah. it's it has very very little to do with um, X Men. Um, yeah, it, Testament it is the the testament of the character. Um, though, as I think we'll get into, whether it's truly a Magneto book is is obviously yeah also open to to, to discussion. Yeah, we're going to discuss that. Is it an origin or mm. is it not? Kind of approach, mm. and I think. Well, we'll get into that in a minute, but let's um, let's talk through the creators in it. So it's written by Greg Pack, art by Carmine Gian Domenico. We practiced that a minute ago. Colours by Matt Hollingsworth. Letters Art Monkey and Natalie. Editor Warren Simons. Editor in Chief Joe Casada. Um, special thanks in the book to Mark Weitzman and the Simon Weisenthal Center. And covers by Marco Djurjevic. Um who does some cracking covers, actually. I'm fond of these covers. Yeah. Um, interesting colour palette with them and, um, and the approach that's taking that. Yeah. Now, this is an interesting one because it 
it deals with the early days of Magneto. And anyone who's read a comic or probably seen the movies know that that deals with his time spent um, in a wartime concentration camp as a Jew. Um, there are some quite impactful moments in it, um, although we'll discuss the degree of impact that it has compared to some of its contemporary subject matter books. Um, but one thing I would like to say before we, before we get on, and I'll get your opinion on it, Al, is um, for me, um, this couldn't come at a better time. The terrible experiences of a whole race of people is currently trying to be devalued by politicians and public figures. So I think a reminder is needed that Germany murdered six million Jewish men, women and children in the Shoah. Uh, two thirds of Europe's Jewish population and it was an attempt at extermination. And this book describes the experience of the concentration camps through the eyes of uh, um, of a character who I have personally really enjoyed reading about for decades. And I think, possibly, without naming any politicians' names, I'd quite happily send a copy of this book to her after recent events. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I don't. We didn't plan it like that. It wasn't as if someone maybe compared Jewish people to ginger people recently, which is fucking awful. And we didn't then say, let's do this book. But I think it just coincidentally came at a sort of time when perhaps it was needed to be discussed. Um, I don't know what you think about that. Is that, is that me being fair, do you think? or It, it, it is. Um, a, a, a couple of things I'd add to it, I suppose. Yeah. One is the book itself is not... There's only, it's what, two-thirds of the book is actually in the concentration camp. Yeah, if, if that, and I actually, think, actually, because a lot of it's in the yeah. Warsaw Ghetto, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, and and in fact, the, the very you know the book starts prior to all that as well. Um, must be dated. Must be about nineteen thirty-seven or something. Um, where it, it's where it's all the the low-level racism and antagonism and there's a build, um, isn't there? You you experience yeah. that further. And so it, yeah. it it has that that push through of going. You know, you know, before it gets bad, it was already bad. You know, and the, or the, and the it is that slow build as well of going. This could be happening again. Um, you know, you you, you don't you know you know, it's that boiling the frog moment of going. Yeah. You know, are we already in hot water? Um, so I think it's it's really interesting from from that perspective, particularly to to reflect on where we are in yeah. as a society. Uh, I think it's also key to point out that. While um, the Magneto character himself is Jewish, the it doesn't shy away from the fact that it wasn't just yeah. the Jews that went into the concentration camps, and there were others there as well, and you know other races and and communities were, were placed into that, um, which I think is a an important thing to call out again relative to today's society, um, and when we get into talking about the X Men, where it's yeah the the groups. Of people who are different or not you, or you know, the them rather than the us, yeah, you know, and the fact that they are all treated separately and differently, you know, and were handled in such a way in, in terms of going into the concentration camps and the like, you know, clearly that's important to call out as well. So, obviously, the, the other, you know, the major female character in this is, is actually a gypsy, yeah, um, a Roman gypsy, I think, is, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it is 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 pushed through the concentration camp process because of that, um, and it, it, it's sometimes very easy to just think 
the the Holocaust was a Jewish thing, but it's much bigger than that. Um, while the volume of, of numbers is obviously in the, in the Jewish thing. I have to put my hands up at this point as well and say, look, I am not Jewish, so therefore I, I don't speak from any form of particular knowledge with regard to this. I'm, I'm not particularly scholarly with regard to the the Holocaust. But, you know, it's, you know, so therefore it, it's, 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 <laughs> there's a bit of me doing a, this is what I know and based on what I know, and I don't know a lot. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and I think that's where reading books like this particularly with some of the, the, the back matter and... Mm. Um, Speaking of this one, some great, back, incredibly informative yeah. back matter in this, isn't there? Yeah. And then the, the, like the, and the, very, the story at the very, very end um, yeah. about uh, Dina Babbitt, yeah. which, again, we'll come back to. The, you know, all of that is about saying that you've got, to, you've got to educate yourself. And that's why reading books like this and reading some of its contemporary books as well is important. Um, yeah. Not just about the Holocaust, but about other genocide activities as well where you know and you know books like um, facts from sarajevo and things like that where yeah. you can go this is an important book to keep yourself educated and the great thing about comics is it gives you that opportunity to turn around and see you know i'm, I'm gonna it's, it's accessible in a in a particular way for for a lot of people yeah it's interesting man isn't it i mean i mean i have close family members who are Jew, jewish and i have um I, I almost consider my extended family, you know, my comics family, the influences on me from a, ch you know, from a child, child onwards. A lot of them are Jewish people, you know, in the majority mm. men, you know, like Stan and Jack and all these guys, you know, they're, they're the people who created our, our world, mate, aren't they? Do you know what I mean, if it wasn't for those guys, you and I would not be friends. You know, it's a weird one, isn't it? You know, there's, they're almost like foster parents, to us in a way, yeah. you know. It's that whole, isn't it? There's the whole, classic cover you know if superman didn't exist he'd have to be created and it's the you know um schuster and spiegel actually drawing superman on the on the front of that cover while while doing so and it's just part of that it's that that's where it comes from yeah 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 and so many of the people we've talked about on here have been jewish you know how jake him quite mm. recently and you know a lot of people and i think yeah it's an interesting one well let's let's go back to basics again and let's um yeah. lighten the mood slightly and uh <laughs> and talk to you about your now i any sort of regular listeners to this will know that you are mostly a DC guy, um, very little Marvel. But what yep. is your experience of the X Men and of Magneto? Almost nil. Right. Is, okay. Is, is yeah. Where I'm going to start from that. Um, when I when I go back into comics in a big way, it's, um, as it was Batmania at the time, so I was jumping the DC bag and wagon. Um. At that point in time, I'd have been at university as well. So budgets were limited. You yeah. had to pick and choose. Um, and I chose the DC Universe rather than the Marvel Universe. Just, okay. just because. Yeah. Um, and then... That's right. See, start... It's nearly always the same craze anyway, isn't it? You know what I mean? Yeah, at some point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Similar, yeah. Yeah. Um, some would argue it's the same stories, just with different costumes. Yeah. Uh, the, the thing then as well was that would have been let's say halfway through quarters of the way through claremont's run and okay so the the, the more interesting element had gone by that time i think you know and, and you know the you know the x-men stuff at, at times it, it can it does look quite impenetrable oh most definitely um never more and, now and you know, than now you know 
Yeah. And there's that whole, where do you start? Well, yeah. And then, okay, X-Men 1 came out, the big launch with the 16 different covers all tied together, or however many it was. Uh, I think it was five, wasn't it? Yeah, I think so. But that, I don't know. I don't know. There was a bit of me that probably was just going, no. That might be the big thing. I'm going to be the anti-person and and go against it. And I just didn't. so no, I never, I never really. So you never read Dark Phoenix Saga, nothing like that. Um, no. Sinkovich's no, um, New Mutants, anything along those lines. I've read bits of that. Right. Okay. Um, yeah. And I've read the there was the hardcover that was part of the Marvel hardcover series that they did. That was the one off. Um. So okay. you know, you get into that, and there was other you know odds and sods but you know in terms of my exposure then to magneto it was very very limited yeah so much of my knowledge of the characters arguably comes from some of the more recent movies and the like in terms of getting into depth of knowledge of them um as anybody with any comic you know comic interaction you, you you learn who who's who but you don't necessarily yeah, read lots about it. Yeah, the yeah. train spot um, amongst of us knows who's in what costume sometimes, don't we? Do you know what I mean? Is that sort of, yeah? Yeah, you just you know you, you reckon you know oh, there's a guy that's blue and hairy. Oh, that must be Beast. Yeah, you know and things like that where you just go through it. Um, but no, so uh, my my exposure to them as a in in, in depth is very very little. Yeah, well, well maybe again. You know, that, that's why I, I I always remember Alan Grant telling a story about an authority book that he wrote. He <laughs> right. Went, I don't know anything about them. <laughs> yeah, uh, and he says managed to write two issues without knowing what any of the characters were or what they did. Um, <laughs> and I was like, I'm willing to bet that if you gave me a couple of issues of the X, in the same way that if you know somebody who'd only ever read the Avengers went and picked up some old issues of um, of GLA, they'd understand it and get on yeah. with it. And you know, but it's some of the nuances. And I think that's the interesting thing about team books, is it's not the top story that's the problem it's always the understory yeah um and i would always say that was the thing for something like new titans or new teen titans yeah i think where... that's the more comparable one because when you compare avengers yeah. and jelly they are a group of characters who've got their own titles who you might know anyway yeah. because of that but when you get into something like new teen titans or doom patrol or something like that mm. then it's more comparable to the x-men because well, there's the odd ex- exception we know wolverine and gambit occasionally but they're mostly yeah. characters who only live within that world you know, so you yeah. kind of it's its own thing at the moment, man. Utterly impenetrable. Don't even <laughs> think about it. It's just like, yeah, I can't imagine how many times I'll get a message from you going, What the fuck is going on here? Do you know what I mean? If you picked <laughs> up, but yeah, I think maybe because we've we've had a slightly different reaction to this book, and I think it may be because of um, my um, history with the character. Mm-hmm. Now, I think that may be part of it because he's easily top five marvel characters for me magneto I'm, I'm a massive fan of him because of that sort of um that multifaceted multi-layered you know a man in conflict kind of thing um he, he, he i mean he started as a villain like a full-on um yeah. pantomime villain in x-men one by stan and jack in, in september 63 um but after that he became you know um what did he become? He became a teacher, um, a leader. Um, he he, a full-on hero, you know, a prisoner for a while, um, uh, almost like a messianic character, um, a man full of regret, a man full of guilt, a man you know full of sadness for some of it as well. 
Um, and there's there's always been, and it's it was Claremont who introduced the uh, concentration camp Jewish side of him, um, and I think that gave him a tragic quality going forward. I think you know you began to feel you you realised that you should be feeling for him. You know, it's not like the Red Skull or someone. You know, you should be feeling for him. And he, and, and he became um, one of the most rounded characters. I say was because he's currently dead. Um, most rounded characters at Marvel, I think. And I think that's why the impact of it possibly was slightly more for me than it was for and I think So well, I guess that's where I was going to go with some of the things about the X-Men stuff. Yeah. Is that there for a lot of these things, there's the primary story and the secondary story. And it's the same with New Teen Titans and, and I, where... You know, your, your primary story on any given month is who's the baddie of the week, you know? Um, yeah. And then the, the bit that's underneath that is about the relationships and the of, of how the characters know each other and the that that long the, the, all the bits you've talked about, how do you build up a history of a character and a knowledge of it? And I think reading this book on its own, where you go in it initially with the the, the primary story piece, because that the interesting thing of what you're telling me there is that you got things out of this book because you carried history and baggage into it yeah saying i know what i'm looking you and it's that it's, it's like you know it's the, the easter eggs for the for the fanboys in in some other books yeah and things i think go, more oh, maybe that so, i so more that i i caring for a character a fictional character is wrong isn't mm. it but more that I, I you know i feel for the character you know as i'm reading him i recognize him as a kid um yeah, maybe that, I think. Yeah. And, well, to me, he was, again, it's the, he is, a, he is a character throughout this, but he was just a kid at the start and could have been any number of one million Jewish children that, that went through this. Yeah. Um, and, and, and I guess I suppose that I was kind of, half the time waiting for that and here's the magneto bit yeah you as do. opposed to yeah. yeah well let's talk a little bit about that because i want to mm. ask you about that because uh, we get hints we get symbols hints and one occasion where he uses his powers pretty much um yeah. so we get oh page one we get that the father is is playing with jewelry and we realize that um, he's called Max Eisenhard at the time. He later changes his name to Magnus and then to Eric Lenz here. So the, the the changing of names is explained, but we'll call him Max for the, the point of this. The And you realise that the kid, kid Magneto, Max, has got an affinity with metal and crafting bracelets and necklaces and stuff, as his father does. So you get that hint. There's a symbolic mutant power there. Then we get an instant at the school where he throws he's 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 smaller than a lot of the other kids you know this is the rise of the you know the blonde hair blue-eyed icon of the nazi party and you get him as a sort of mousy-haired smaller kid throwing a javelin further than anyone else can and you sense that yeah. as the reader you know what that is and then you have him kind of stopping bullets almost but saving his own life just later on mm. so you that's it for the mutant powers isn't it you know, that's, that's all we get. But in my head, this is the most honest origin story. Um, you know, it's it's not like, he, you know, he makes his helmet and puts his costume on and, you know, you know Spider-Man, you know, wakes up with spider powers. This is, 
for me, from someone with with the history of this tragic character, this is the most genuine origin story for me. Does that make sense? But because you haven't really read him, to me, to you, and and rightly so, he could be any of the kids there doing what he needs to do to survive. So, and, and I guess that's that's where there was, and maybe it was partially me going in with an expectation of... Yeah, good point, actually. Yeah, and, and, yeah. You know, where, where's, and, and where's the trigger? You know, because yeah. we, we talk about the the, the mutants thing, um, and again, from so many of the origin stories of mutants, it's the, and here's the trigger of it, of, of it being released. So I did, you know... You're, you're right there's like that opening page where you see the metal sort of hanging in the air and you think oh this is you know is it going to be it and you're like going actually no it's just a static image and it, it yeah it, things moving um the javelin thing could just be down to skill and it could just be down to or a bit of luck or whatever you know and it's uh, you i did wonder if the bullet point was going to be oh and there's a the trigger but then nothing else comes of it there's no kickoff it goes back to being the historical drama about yeah, you know, the the but horrors of of what was there. It does, and um, that's that's where it plays in two ways, I think. Because yes, it does do that, but it also has him his determination to survive, and then to you know be part of the rebellion mm. and escape plan is pure and, Magneto. And I think maybe that's my bigger issue with the book. Yeah, is it's not not the book itself. But going in as a reader with an expectation of it being, is it a historical drama yeah. about real life events? Yeah, does it fall? It seems to or, fall between the two, doesn't it, man? Or, yeah. Or, you know, so, so you're going, here's a history book, right? Um, about a particular character who, who went through this. So, again, that's where books like The Boxer by Reinhard Kleist. Yeah. Where it's a case of the the select, uh, you know, he tells a story of somebody who who was a bot who basically was selected by the guards so they to be part of a boxing match so they could gamble in in the camps and yeah. then went on to become a professional boxer after that. So you've got the life story of that individual going through, and that's telling the history of it going through it. And so you know, and going into that book, you're going right. I know what this is. It's a historical yeah. drama book. Well, that, going into the Magneto book, I was going all right. So this is a superhero book. So yeah, where, yeah. Where's the superhero book? I I can see what you mean, man. I mean, to be fair, as well as I read this in monthlies when it came out. Um, mm. So I was reading it month by month, and it was being it was a book that was actively discussed in the comic shop. Um, we'll talk about one of the moments later, which floored me and a couple of other people when we talked about it. But my next question was good. Uh, this is a list of my questions. It was um, <laughs> the, the question about origin stories I've just asked you. And then the next one is, did we need knowledge of Magneto to read, stroke, enjoy this? And I think we kind of did. Do you know what I mean? I think that was almost a prerequisite going in um, to have that, you know, that affinity, not even knowledge, but affinity with the character, you know, to, to make it more of an impactful story. I suppose Do we get a more impactful story? Yes. In that as I say, reading reading other books that are its contemporaries where you do not know the characters at all, I think you almost there's almost something more about the anonymity of some of the people to go, this could be anybody. And yeah. you know, which means it could be you. Um under other circumstances, yeah, um, or it could be somebody you know. It could be what you know, and 
and that that's where it, it's more about its placing and because there is look from a a quality of production and a reverence to the situation and setting the book is faultless i agree man right? yeah was, i'm glad you said nothing, that yeah nothing. i was i was worried you didn't like it but i i, I do because you're my yeah, buddy and I like to like books. But... It's meeting the it's the meeting the expectations piece, and that's yeah, maybe okay. that. And I say it's just what, when you're going in, and it is that whole. If I give you a Superman book, you expect somebody in a red cape to be flying about. If I get you know, and therefore I was like going, yeah. all right, it, this is, and, and maybe it is just about, you know, we're going back to the problem with the title of the book, yeah. there, aren't we? You it, know, it, it kind of is, yeah, and it kind of is that, um, and it's almost like it's almost too heavy on the history at times and not enough on the origin yeah it doesn't live up to its expectations and, going in I yeah think in a big, a big i think maybe that's where the monthly read of it was an easier um digestion do you know what i mean because i mm. read the first one i'm like oh i've got a magnet origin book oh right mm. okay you know i almost it almost sat with me for a month before i got the next issue um yeah and there was just and there were just bits of it i was always like going is it going to get there? Is it going to get there? And it it never quite does from, again, it's the expectation management. And that, yeah. that's what it is. And, you know, and when, you know, reading it with the back matter and suddenly going, right, so this is what they're trying to say about this. And going, yeah, that's fine. But you didn't need to say that in a superhero book. Yeah. Um, and that, yeah. So it's, it's it's a weird, as I say, it's a weird balance of trying to turn around and say, what's the individual story that you're trying to tell, so yeah. that you can balance that with the historical accuracy, while trying to make the impact that you're trying to make. And as a, again, maybe it's reading it as a whole book, but also reading it as somebody who then doesn't have the other bits of the individual's storyline to go with it. I think overall the book lands a bit flat. Yeah. And I think we, I think some people may make the mistake of seeing this book as a single entity because it's not, it's, it's mm. easily seen like that. And I can, I, I can only guess that it was designed like that because it would make a good library trade, you know? Um, right. But it continues, for example, um, the 2014 Magneto series, which comes not, not far off the back of this one in issue 17, um, one of a sort of there's a mutant who creates dream images that become real life, and one of them is one of the guards from the camp, and Magneto relives moments of it. Um, it's it, that and that's an excellent issue as well uh, by the arts mm. by Gabriel Water and Cullen Cullen Bunn writing it. But Magneto, he there's this girl who's just discovered her mutant powers, and her mutant power is to find your nightmare, make it real, and it kills people. So they have a serial killer running about in Genosha, um, killing people. Um, and he's a he's an SS officer. Um, so Magneto, God, it's it's rough, but Magneto. So Magneto kills the girl, and it's that moment, right. you know. Mm, mm. Um, I I I almost think that this book foreshadows much not the good things that Magneto does, but the bad things that he does throughout his sort of life, where he becomes a villain and a murderer and a mass murderer at times. Um, and almost, and, then, and the messianic character and all this sort of thing, because in his twisted reality he thinks he is a necessity to protect his people. Yeah, you know, and I think I think there is definitely that in it. It's um, the more I think, the more I think about it, the more I actually, I'm absolutely. I mean, I said to you this floored me. This book, it, it really did. Mm. 
I, I found it incredibly impactful uh, and uh, I got quite emotional at a couple of parts of it um, but yeah I can only think of it if there was a you know a manga character that I didn't know and they did a book of it I wouldn't find it anywhere near as impactful you know or a comic character that I'd never read you know um, I, as as I say as well it's just there's some of it must be timing because I think the reading it all at once is is versus, and it, that's a really interesting question about how to yeah challenge versus I, I, I don't know how you test that about saying if I read this all at once versus reading it um we'd be doing this in October Rubicon, if that was the case but yeah, well, yeah, well, yeah, that, yeah. Well, once you've gone through the Rubicon you can't go back and say I know what happens if I read it all at once yeah um, that's true yeah. yeah, it's, it's like nobody can go back and read Watchmen over twelve over a year type thing. Yeah, um, it's um, but there is something about as I say, it, it's it's it, it's just not what it's just not what I expected. Yeah, and I think the weight of expectation that, is something. Me, yeah, I get you, man. I mean, the weight of expectation is massive for everything I invest my my personal time in. You know, I've I can, I've only just said to you before we started recording how disappointed i was in the shazam movie because i had this high expectation unwarranted yeah. i might add but yeah no it's that it's, it's it's how we live on stuff isn't it and i'm sure i probably said to you fuck me out this broke me this book wait till you read it do you know what i mean something like that and you're like hang on i don't even know who this is you know it's like that well, but yeah and yeah. I, I don't know yeah maybe there was a bit of that as well but not not intentionally i think all of this is is all of this comes with the subconscious, and that's the, yeah. the you know the, the thing you can't be managed with it. Um, and we're so used as comic readers to wait for the shoe to drop. Yeah. Where's the twist? Where's the turn? We and, do. Yeah, that's true. You know, this is a this is a very straight story. Yeah, there's, there's no redemptive no arc. There's the no, no massive triumph by the hero at the end. You no. know, there's nothing like and that because there can't be, can there? You know, but you, yeah. you kind of still, you know, it's an X Men. You know, it's a mutant. You know, it's another reality. You kind of almost expect there might be a, you know, someone punches someone. You know, you know, you expect something maybe. But yeah. let's, and let's. It could could also be as well. You know, there's something weird about you know. I'm reading it as a hardback, and the last. Let me try to see. Quarter of the book, or right. quarter of the paper, quarter of the paperwork okay. in the book is not the story. It's the afternotes, yeah, the short story that's nothing to do with the book, and the teacher's notes. So while you've got this in your hand and you're reading it, you think, "Oh, there's still a quarter of the book to go." When suddenly, okay, it's over. Yeah, I don't so, have to trade for this because I read it. Know, I read it in the issues, and then to do tonight, I I, I pulled it up on the Marvel app. But right, I, why so on earth is this not yeah. available? Why is this not in print? It's mad, isn't it? You know, I, I, don't, I, I got it off eBay relatively easy. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, okay, not ridiculous money. Well, let's talk um, about let's let's yeah. let's delve a bit into the book um, and mm. talk about some of the stuff here. Now, um, Greg Pack, being the writer, he based a lot of his work on t- the Testaments of Real Life Holocaust Survivors. Um, does that show on the page for you, man? Can you see that? Yes, okay. um, I think it does. Because, and again, I think that's where the beauty of it is. It's not about jumping straight to the concentration camp. It is very much about saying, oh, "Well, initially we were challenged at school, you know, and, and degraded before these things, and then we were degraded in the street, you know, and yeah. made to wear signs and walk around for things." Um, and then we to wear armbands, and then we, you know, and then 
the ghetto side of things comes along. And then, you know, and I, th I think without capturing, because you know, I think if you were telling, had you gone through that and you were telling the story, you would say, you know, in, with retrospect eyes, you go, it started then. Yeah. You know, and that you would you would want to tell the whole story as a um as a survivor. There's a loss of so, innocence of Max as well, isn't there? Mm, that happens, which is a really interesting yeah. turning point. And I think that's reflected in some of the tones and colours that are used in the book. Yeah. Um And then obviously well, you know, once once in the camp, the you know, what what he goes or the the people who look after him, the you know, the former teacher who gets him into a better job and yeah. that you know, which turns out to be a more harrowing job but god it's awful isn't it like yeah. more like to survive from but that's something i learned a lot about you mm. know um i forget the name of that the, the role is it uh sonder commando um yes that's so right. we'll, we'll jump about a bit here uh, forgive yeah, us yeah. listener but uh he, he goes into the prison and he's told as he goes in give me what you got in your pockets this something so he gives it to this sort of friendly face and then he says tell them you're 18 because otherwise you're going to be killed and 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 he gets him a job as a sonder commander, which is basically someone who assists in disposing of the bodies and their property. So he, there's an element of you think him he's collaborating to survive. It's it's a funny line he walks because he's pulling out gold teeth and using them as currency with the guards, you know, to get favors. Um, he's you know he he he's he becomes a wheeler and a dealer even at that young age. But when they when when they first go in there, the, the guards come in and goes, if there's anyone in here who isn't actually under 18, tell us now. And one kid goes, oh, I am not. And they take the kid outside and kill him. Yeah, it's really rough, isn't it? It's, you, the, the reality yeah. of the situation is so sudden, but he adapts. He becomes capable of surviving and helping others as part of it as well, you know. It's interesting. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's I learned about that, and I also learned I, about the Nuremberg Laws. Um so I didn't know I'd heard about I'd heard the phrase, but I didn't really know what it is. But a Jew can so this is what happens early on in the story. So you feel that something's going on. He in the first issue he comes across a Nazi procession, you know, of Nazi soldiers, um, and the Nuremberg Laws that came out in nineteen thirty five. And a Jew a Jew cannot be a citizen, cannot marry a German. That's forbidden. Cannot have a, a German cannot have sex with a Jew. That's forbidden. And Jew, Jews can't hoist the german flag um and it you they they decide to escape don't they at that point so it's almost like a there's there's the first couple of issues is them escaping really isn't it you know or considering yeah, and, it and then leaving there's a very interesting scene as well about the father who is a, a world war one veteran having fought yeah. for oh, germany it's heartbreaking that yeah going to see one of his comrades and essentially getting blanked but and actually you know in reality the comedy you know his former you know colleague is basically you know does a little bit of thing to save him by basically saying you really need to go yeah um but it is that whole and again that's that that drip feeding of the it's coming it's coming it's coming um and you're right there's i mean it's a really interesting little bit as well about the fact the number of anti-Jew slogans that were taken down because it was um, the Olympics. Yeah. And so any, all the photography didn't feature yeah. the uh, the Jews not welcome here signs and stuff. Um, which I, you know, that, again, reading the notes at the back, that's, you know, was a fact that they picked up on and wanted to work in. So, but again, you're right, that's that. 
that whole you know the dad going it's it's all you know and it's the belief that the dad has that yeah. his father has about he's like an honorable man isn't he okay. yeah you yeah know, we, we just you know stuff up through this in some ways and or you know i'll go speak to my friend and he'll help me out and i'll take and my medals with me yeah and then yeah. it gets slowly but surely you know he gets beat up on the steps and stuff and then um, and then there's as they're escaping he, mm. The father, and now this is this this is a foreshadow of what's going to happen in to Magneto years later, or in, you know years before in the issues, is the father says to him, "Don't fight back," mm. and he says that to the kid, and you know, the kid wants to, but you know that he eventually will fight back as a mutant. Yeah, mm. it's it's a really interesting moment that I thought that was like he's been told not to. But he's a, he's a, a meager level mutant with this all this power, and you know, a, yeah. a lot of the a lot of the Cullen Bun series talks about his rage. And if you watch the, um, I think it's X Men First Class, the yeah. uh, Professor Xavier says to him, says to Magneto, "Use your rage," you know, and that's what it's about. It's really incredibly interesting. And God bless, mm. as much as I'm not a fan of Claremont the person, Claremont's decision to make him what he was plays into so many of the aspects of the X-Men that we've been reading about. You know, the X-Men, as we all know, is a is a metaphor for other groups of people who are treated badly. You know, at, mm. at the time, racism, but it's been used for other reasons as well. You know, and then that, and that him being, being anti-Semitism is so well done here, I think. You know the the mutant and the and the Jew and the, you know and, it's yeah, just so and there there is nothing held back in in the book here either about it and you know and it's um it, you know it, it's, it, it's everything from the the really subtle as in no we're not going to give you that that medal for throwing the javelin yeah because it turns out it was a faulty javelin <laughs> yeah <laughs> you yeah, know you're like, yeah. okay. All the way through to you know each of the layers coming on top of that. There's also a really um, interesting juxtaposition scene um, just towards the end of the I think it must be the second issue, right. um, where it's the Polish army, yeah, all on horseback. Man, that's a beautiful drawing. Riding well. off to go yeah. into you know going to fight, and then it's just the following page after that where he he goes. Oh look, and it's the tanks coming the other way. Yeah, you know, it's it's the horses versus the tanks. Where you're like, yeah, there was only ever going to be one outcome from that. Um, Imagine Greg Greg Pack writing that writing that page. Oh, the Carmine mm. Carmine Jan <laughs> Domenico must have fucking loved that. You know, what, yeah. the real horses. Oh, great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so no, I yeah, it, it's the as I say, the layers of building the layers of getting the character more and more frustrated and then as you see him realizing that you know what do you do to survive yeah. and then what do you do to fight back and him having the relationship with the the gypsy girl meaning that he you know he, it, it causes him to eventually break as to what he'll do to you know a make the, the one of the guards look after her a bit better and then b say you know the time is now i'm going to react yeah um one thing i did notice it's, it's all good yeah one thing i did notice when we get to the warsaw ghetto especially is the narration becomes heavier 
the text detect there's much more text on the page and i can only imagine that that must be greg pack feeling the weight of responsibility in regards to reporting and what was going on rather than it being a family drama which it kind of it kind of is in issue one you know we get a well, lot more discussion a lot more commentary on what's happening you know yes but i also and again maybe the whole this wasn't intentional but because of the the more text on the page and the the, the tighter nature of some of the panels in that that space it almost feels more claustrophobic yeah which i imagine it was yeah because you've put they were walled in basically weren't they yeah you know and four times as many people as in the space for one times as many people to think um it, and more uh, on, on top of that where suddenly you're like going right this is claustrophobic the scene with the wall with the hole in it oh i've I written it down as one of my favorite pages somewhere else right okay cannot, so but but the, the thing there is because so many people are going i want to make sure i've got the factual accuracy or reflect something that yeah. happened in history <laughs> it could just be it's a scene that various people have taken into their own pieces of um uh, you know, the old pieces of literature in terms of how they're telling the, the story. Yeah, piece of it, it. May, that, it may just be something he's read a true story. You know, it may be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's been uh, dip depicted elsewhere. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it's not long after that we get this one incident of him using his powers. So, yeah. um, his family are all killed. Um, spoilers, and um, he's shot, and he lands in the, the the open grave of all these people, um, and he wakes up later um, alive. But still after that, he's still taken into the concentration camp. He's still recaptured and taken in there. Um, and the the counterpoint to the action of the, you know, the mutant ability is someone says to him, but there's no place for heroes here. Max God himself turns his face from us. Yeah, just mm. powerful dialogue, man. Great. Mm. You know? mm. um, and men and women are walked into the gas chambers and he, and he takes up this role, um, which, which is kind of his saving grace. It, it is what saves him the Sonder Commando thing. Um, yeah, interesting. Should we talk a little bit about the art, dude? Because um, I think I think this is yeah. a fucking genuine high point. So Carmen de mm. Gian Domenico, not born 1973 in Tirano, Italy, started work in Italy on um, a magazine called Phoenix. He's worked extensively in U US comics for de well, absolutely decades now. I think I've, I saw some of his early work in some image books. At Marvel, he's done Avengers, X-Factor, Ultimates, Punisher, Fantastic Four, Wolverine. He's, I think he does uh, like um, The Last Days of Wolverine. I, can't, I, forget, I forget the name of it now. I read it recently. Beautiful stuff. Really lovely close-up face work. Um, done some Daredevil. At DC, he's done some Flash, um, which is good. Some Batman. You were saying you read one of his Batmans recently. So the, one of the most recent ones was Batman: The Night, um, okay. which is a so again a sort of origin story of of, um, of Bruce Wayne's tour of the, the world. Right. Um, okay. And it's, again, it's very good. Um, yeah. And I think he's on one of the Joker mini series at the moment. As well, I think he um, is. Yeah. Which I've, yeah. Should not be around to reading it. He did some Grayson yeah. as well. I mean, I I find him a really a really lovely artist to sort of bit of a work a day. Artist, you know, he, he sort of just turns up. There's no great fanfare about him doing something, which I find surprising, especially off this book. But I look at it and I think, oh, I like his stuff. He can do action well, and he can also do, as proven in this book, the personal moments as well. As well, I think. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, and it, you know, there are certain, as you say, there's one page that both of our double page spread that both yeah. of us immediately said that we have to mention. Um, I, I don't know how long it would have taken him to draw as many pairs of glasses yeah um 
again, it's it's you know, right. it's, it's an iconic image that, that that's played out of the the possessions um, of those that went through the camps and how they all get yeah. you know, part. Of one of his roles is to sort them all out. And he's he's putting pairs of spectacles in, into glass, and it's just this mountain. So many um, people were killed that their glasses were yeah. discovered. It's it, that that double page spread, which is just that, isn't it? It's mm. there's not much else to it than just gla- piles of glass. You know, a massive pile of glasses is was mm. widely discussed in my comic shop. It was like I remember I remember talking to one guy, and he was telling me that he just he was in tears reading that page, and. Um, I think probably that's the uh, the page I would send to Miss Abbott. I think if I needed to send a particular page, I think she'd probably get it through the post. But yeah, a lot of um, a, a fairly good use of double double page spreads. They don't appear that much in it. The um, there's a, I think there's like maybe one or two per issue at the most. I think isn't there? You know, I'm going to say mm. yeah, really good. What I was impressed with, and this may be uh, down to the did the color on this. I've written it down. Um, it was Matt Hollingsworth, who's a cracking colorist. Yeah. Um, mm. Is the way the use? There's two things, well, three things. I think the use of light in this, the, there's a, almost like a washed out watercolor effect, almost to some of the stuff. Um, you know, some of the brown clothing and headscarves and stuff like that. And also the snow work, I think, is outstanding. The cold, more than the snow. I think the cold you feel through through the color work on this, outstanding and 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 gorgeous. Uh, I keep saying it, but a, I don't know why this isn't talked about more. You know. Yeah, there's an interesting. You can see how the colours change through the book as well. In that, yeah. quite early on, there's a lot of red browns. Right. If that makes sense. Yeah. And then by the time he gets to the camps, it's the, all the browns are much greyer. Um, in in terms of the balance, especially in relation so, to skin tones as well yeah yeah the skin tones. so and it it is it, very much moving that particularly when you know there's say, the scenes in the countryside where the the horses and the tanks but by the time it gets to the camps everything's more muted in in terms of that just partially to make it feel dirtier partially to be you know but as you say and this yeah the, the snow and the light it's yeah. it, it you know, as if from an art and arts, and then there, oh, there's the the two pages for the Gypsy Knight, the um, Ziggurat. Excuse my You're right, German, yeah. But the you know, which is represented as August the second, nineteen forty four, which is two pages that are in bright yellow, right. because that's when they're essentially burning two thousand bodies that wow. um, or near three thousand bodies, yeah. And it's just about them. You know him, him dealing with moving stuff about, and the the guard not really caring. Yeah, as they do what they've got to do. So it, yeah. he he uses some effects on the the barbed wire as well. You know, it's almost for for lots of panels, it's just solid black. You know, it's just mm. done with ink, which I think is is a beautiful effect. So you're, you, it, mm. it's it's more than being a panel border. It's 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 black strikes and strokes across a page to show. To to show the barbed wire, yeah, beautiful, beautiful stuff. The cover, the covers were interesting as well because the covers are done by someone else, um, and it, they're done by um, Marco Djurdovic, and um, they are done in the uh, the colours of Magneto's costume, the original costume. So you've got like the red and the greys, um, and I, I did you like the co- the covers for this? What was your thoughts, man? Um. Some of them, 
Right. Um, I thought that I didn't like five actually. I didn't think five was representative. <laughs> that was exactly you know what yeah. that was kind kind of it. Mm. Um, initially, I must admit for the the cover that's for the actual trade. I not knowing I initially went oh they got Tim Sale to do it because it right. has a very can see that, Tim yeah. Sale feel about it. As does the issue. You know, but again, that's just oh look, it's black and white washes with a splash of red. Um, you know, but certainly issue one where you can see him and this is again. The, the, the cover and the story don't match because like you've got him standing a, a basically above a puddle and the reflection is essentially magneto you yeah. know it's the kid saying, but that never occurs <laughs> yeah at any point in the in the book so you know against a bit of that oh i'm going to get magneto's you know history here but you're like no well issue three's cover which is the German soldiers with him sort of walking behind them in the gap. Yeah, that's that's very evocative. And then that the weird thing there is that also has that World War Two German propaganda. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? Yeah, sort of feel about it. Yeah, so I think that's probably my favourite. Sort of actually, yeah, mix of going um, well, him sort of looking in the background. So it's got that here's a propaganda bit in front and going, but I'm you know, and that's when him going in and out of the the ghetto wall and stuff as well so it is that i'm sneaking behind the propaganda um yeah, yeah i wonder yeah. i mean he's he's so well known for doing covers isn't he um mm. he, i mean he, he i think he's very famous for doing the x23 covers and stuff uh, and he's done quite a lot of video game work but okay i can see why they maybe would want a different cover artist um talk a little bit about greg pack um, i'm a fan of his work actually i, really, I do really mm. find that he's a, he's a, he's an interesting and solid storyteller. He was born in Dallas, Texas, studied political science at Yale, and he wrote for the University Human magazine, the Yale Record. Uh, he later studied history at Oxford as a Rhodes, a Rhodes Scholar and then went to the New York U University Graduate Film Programme. Uh, he worked for a while in movies before coming to work at Marvel from about 2004 onwards. He did a Warlock series. 2005, he did Amazing Fantasy, Volume 2, Number 15, and... Um, where I think he created Amadeus Cho, who's one of the Hulks. You won't know. Well, he's one of the, one of the many <laughs> Hulks. Um, in 2006-2007, he helmed Planet Hulk, and then that went on to War, uh, World War Hulk, which Planet Hulk's a great series, and one that is Thor Ragnarok is sort of partially vers um, based on. Um, yeah. Other Marvel properties he's worked on, he did Phoenix End Song and War Song, Alpha Flight, Weapon H. The Weapon H series is, for a sort of pulpy, trashy series, actually exceptionally good. Iron Man, he's worked on War Machine. Agents of Atlas, which is always great. Her his Hercules stuff is very solid. He did some Batman Superman and some action comics. Yeah, that's DC. what I know him from. Oh, okay. And some Teen the Titans as well, I think. Stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. And at Valiant, he did a great run on Eternal Warrior, um, 2013-2014, that issue run, which that was the best, I think, that Eternal Warrior series has, has ever been. Um, and he and he was on it. It's much better than the much-delayed trade paperback that I got in digital the other day. <laughs> I'm like... <laughs> Really, why do I do that? Why do I back these things? Um, but yeah. I do wonder if his big his big PD might have been the the John Wick book that. Uh, oh, did he do a John Wick book? Did he? With, okay. with Dynamite. Yeah. yeah. So uh, he, I think he's into sort of um, photography. If you look him up online, he's got sort of a YouTube channel talking about photography and I think cooking as well, something like that. But uh, yeah, solid writer. I don't know why he didn't get more work. He should, he should be on about four books a time, I reckon, at the moment. Um, are there any other? Um, Holocaust. This is a terrible thing. So, <laughs> can you recommend any other Holocaust books? Now? Holocaust books. <laughs> yeah, it's like so. I, as I say, I, I've mentioned the boxer by Reinhard Kleist. Yeah, 
Partially because I would read anything that Bernard Cleisler, but that that's a, a very good book. Yeah. Um, you we we can't not talk about this subject matter and men, and not mention Mouse. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, that said, I did pick it up having read this book to go. Let me remind myself a little bit about Mouse because it's been. 15 years since I've read Mouse. I think it's the same for me. And I don't think I've read it for that long, yeah. I must admit, I, 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 I sort of opened it at sort of middle page and I was like, this is this is a dang heavy read. Yeah. Um, that's that, But I do think everybody should read Mouse once. Yeah. You know, it's... Um, Especially as some people tried to ban it, didn't they? <laughs> yeah, I think it's yeah, probably... You know, it's, yeah, it's... Um, you don't need to remember, it's, all, it's actually two books because there's two different... Yeah. Storylines that, that go through it, but anyway, the everyone should be nice. Beyond that, I think there's. It, it, I don't think it's just about just the World War Two stuff. I think it's about saying what other books are out there that are telling truth, that are telling stories that people either don't want to hear or are okay. not getting told enough about. Um, and I, 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 somebody I think is woefully underrepresented is, is Joe Sacco. Um, yeah. I know he gets a lot of, of critical praise and uh, is perhaps well known to the Guardian crowd. But, you know, <laughs> I, I, I do think some of his work, you know, and his his book, um, Palestine, is, yeah. is a really good example of saying, you want to you know some stories? We'll, we'll tell you some stories. Um, and, and presenting, you know, the, the true... Or, our truth, the truth, you know. Um, it's part of the story for this man as well, in a way. Yeah, and you know. it's yeah. you know, yeah, you know, it's about saying this, this is this one. So I, I would, if if people are interested in saying, I want to know, you know, about books that tell solid historical facts while presenting them in an interesting way and and making it, um, you know, providing that impact with it about characters that go through. I would would certainly say the boxer facts from Sarajevo, Palestine by, by Joe Sacco, okay. um, and and Mouse would be would be the ones that I, that, that came to my mind when I was yeah sort of playing around. I get you. So I'd recommend um, Yossel by uh, Joe Kubert. Um, mm. which doesn't seem to get talked about as much, but um, is 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 much more. It's 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 less of a um, sequential storytelling than than this book by a long way. It, it, it's almost there's elements of it which you could almost mistake for being a sketchbook. Um, and then the one that we've talked about before, which is, isn't specifically about this, but you know, is the experience of some of these people is um, "Contract with God" by Will Eisner, and mm. uh, and those books by him. I think I think you'd do yourself a disservice if you didn't re- read some of those books as part of a study into this subject matter. I think it gives that you know life experience of a lot of people. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, did you make a note of uh, Magneto's um, tattoo number? I didn't, but I thought yeah. the sorry, I thought I read at the back was the they specifically went out of the way to make sure it wasn't somebody's. Right, that interesting. The, the, Isn't that interesting? Yeah. That, again, it's one of these things they spent an awful lot of time being very factually accurate, and yeah. there is a need to. You be, have to, don't you? Yeah, very respectful to the survivors. I do think that, the, and and for something like that, where it's like if you choose a number at random, it will be somebody's number, and that that yeah. matters. Yeah, 
um, I think some of the factual accuracy they, they put in was excessive. <laughs> okay. Um, and the, again, there's a story in the, the notes at the back of the book where they redrew a page because they it was they they they'd drawn a an, an entrance gatehouse yeah um, on one of the pages and it turned out that when they did their further research that that gatehouse was built um a year after the the scene was was supposed to be set so they went oh no let's redraw it to take the gatehouse out and I don't think to me that that was wasn't necessary as in but much in the same way when we talked about the enemy ace book. There's a scene in there where he, he he crosses no man's land at the Christmas football game, yeah. where if you actually work it out, it it's you know it's 1916 versus 1914 when it actually happened and all sorts of stuff, and right. you kind of go, but what you've done there is you've merged all the ideas together, and as long as you're not disrespectful about it, I think you're okay. Yeah. So I, I agree. Think, you know, and that and there is something about and there are other and you mentioned falling from hell earlier it's a book that sometimes suffers from over research <laughs> yeah you know, from hell certainly yeah. does yeah. Right, you know, yeah, yeah. Where they, where so i think you know yeah so what was the you, it was 214782 there you go for you mm. uh, uh hounds at home um I think probably now we're running a bit long but we can have a quick discussion mm. i think about the um, benefit book that was in the back of this yeah. it appeared in the back of the issues as well there's the last issue was an extended issue did you want to just tell the listener what that is man certainly so it's a very short story um <clears throat> i think neil adams um which, championed with, um, yeah with and joe kubitz on, on the inks on it as well actually some of the inks mm, and he, he does a sort of um splash cover or me uh, 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 an image as well right um and it's about uh, a woman called uh dina babbitt Yep. Um, who was a survivor and had been an artist going into into the camps. And while she was there, having basically decorated the, the walls of uh, one of the kids' play areas, um, the guards took an interest and asked her to start doing portraits of, of themselves, which then led her to be taken into... Um, basically do paintings of people who were being worked on by Joseph Mengele. Um, and actually, you know, for him to say, well, I can't get an accurate um, image of this person in terms of, you know, what's, you know, what they're like before the experiments or after, whichever yeah. the thing is. Um, and so she became the, the portrait artist for that. Now, the purpose of the story is to say that it was then discovered several years later that a number of the portraits still existed. Yeah. And the the purpose of the benefit book was to say that those portraits should be returned to her because they were refused to do so because they were held by the um the state the Auschwitz Museum. Yeah. Saying we wanted, you know, they're ours. Um and you know that she was basically wanting to take ownership of them again um and sadly did not manage to do so yeah in, she, she died before lifetime. anything got returned to her and and, um, and that the, the the museum was very steadfast in that they didn't want to return them and there was all kinds of interventions going on not least of all by the comics world i mean stan writes mm. the afterward on this as well isn't he um we should say it was written by Raphael medolf um and 
she never got returned, even though they went to the museum and said, why can't you just put, you know, good quality prints up of these? And they admitted that some of the ones on the wall were prints because they rotated them. Mm. Um, yeah, and an absolute cry and shame that she never got this art back, you know. that again, a bit like the way that Max survives, she did what she had to do to survive. She, you mm. know, she, she, I used the word collaboration, I didn't really mean it earlier, but she, she kind of helped in order to survive and help other people to survive i'm guessing you know yeah. and she, and she uh, eventually and died in 2009 she, yeah and she, part of her thing says that she would only paint these if her her mother was spared as well that's right um yep. so it wasn't um you know it, it would it was a you do what you need to, you know sometimes you have to do what you need to do yeah um and um so yeah so that was it's yeah. an interesting thought. really interesting yeah, I, I ended up I, doing I, a bit again, of a dive was... on it and reading articles on it and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the art's very different as well. So those reading this, mm. if are going to pick it up, the art in the book main book is you know this washed out watercolor effect, um, but this is very striking ink work, black and white ink work it's... by um, Adams and Cubert. Um, there's some pages yeah. in this just beautifully done. You know, yeah, me, yeah. It's you, you, you the usually went, oh, yeah. yeah, you immediately go, oh, it's Adams. Yes, yeah, you do, don't you? Yeah. Um... Yeah, the, yeah. the the what you know there's some later adams books i would love to have seen cuba in cobra <laughs> as well you know just to, just to hold him back a little bit you know i love neil mm. adams nobody come at me but there's a couple of like moments you think you've gone oh. a bit far in that mate do you know what i mean yeah particularly uh, when he becomes his own writer that's the, yeah um, the coffee machine moment then yeah. is much repeated <laughs> yeah 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 i get you all right mate so well, I have one quick one yeah. question about about this in terms of what our thoughts are on hmm. establishing fictional characters and linking them to yeah. real life events and therefore creating a timeline for that character. Because based on this, I know you say the character is currently deceased in the actual yeah. continuity universe, but based on this, if Magneto's about, he has to be a hundred plus in terms of yeah. years old there's um i mean it co firstly it's comics uh and secondly there's various resurrection protocols that are being in you know mm. the the x-men use at the moment um and also i think in the bronze age and i'm going to say it was in an issue of defenders by sal Seema, he became a baby for a while so i don't know mm. <laughs> that's got some kind of bearing uh, but yeah, yeah mostly he is still that old man you know um, still doing a bit of shagging, you know, still putting it about a bit, but yeah, that's the problem with it, isn't it? Yeah. It's, it's, an, it's an interesting thing about putting time and, and stuffing. Because if you flip it again to the DC universe, if if you suggest that Batman is perpetually 40, 42, right. then actually the film that he would have gone to see aged eight would have been Batman by Tim Burton. Oh, right. Okay. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of, that's kind of where we are now in terms of the... It's that moment in our lives where we realise we're older than Batman. It's a sad oh, disappointment, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Long time since, but, yeah. the, um, but no, I think it's interesting where you go, well, what does that, you know, for different... And maybe this is part of the difference between the DC Universe and the Marvel Universe. DC Universe, nobody ages realistically. Well, in the Marvel Universe, people have. Um, yeah. You know, Peter Parker's not a teenager anymore. Yeah, um, and we get them. Or, the or X -Men, he might be at the moment, I don't know. But, yeah. The X-Men universe is the worst for it. So we get mm. one week Cable's an old bloke, one week he's a young bloke. We get we get all that. We had 
two sets of X-Men because some time travelled for a while. You know, it's there's a there was a good beast and a bad beast. There was a, a mm. you know different versions of everyone. And and what's really mucking it up is that you if you die if you die currently, I think this is about to change. God, please let it change. <laughs> if you die in the X-Men universe at the moment, you're resurrected. But people can put a twist into their resurrection protocols and get them slightly different when they come back if that makes sense um so as i say it was just again penis reduction that's right my expectations (laughs) going in was the all right so if we're seeing this is is this canon the origin of um of magneto and and you're seeing it essentially is yeah it seems to be yeah that then means he is over 100 years old yeah yeah, yeah it's blank a, it out, out. It's, a, it's the X Men. Blank it out. Apparently, um, Wolverine, <laughs> apparently Wolverine uh, and Jean Grey and Cyclops are in a, a threesome at the moment. Blank that out. I blank it out when I read it. I don't want to hear it. Yeah, I just keep going. <laughs> just keep going. Keep reading. That's all I do. Yeah, but I know what you mean, man. It is, it is a strange one. Unlike Dread, obviously, which every 2000 AD fan will go. Of course, Dread's better because he ages in real time. Boring. Stop talking now, please. That's boring. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that if you're going to do that. It's yeah. just you then have to realise it causes different things. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, anyway. I, I think this may be our biggest differing of opinions so far. But to take this comics world as you can have a different of opinion, difference of opinions around things and yet still have a conversation about it. There you go. Yeah. We're an example to the comics world here, Al. There you go. Well, oh. I don't know how I would recommend this book okay. to other people. Yeah. Um I think as part of a package okay. is, is the thing there. And uh, one of the things that I found really interesting is the fact that in the the trade version of the book there are teachers' notes at the back. Oh okay, interesting. So that is good. Yeah. If you were getting a bunch of young adults, young teenagers, whatever to read, you know, to read about, and, and they know nothing about the Holocaust at all. That this is a very good starter book. Yeah, I think so. Um, and you know, and as I say, the, the fact that there are teachers' notes to say, well, now let's talk about this, talk about that, talk about that. You know, it's a great win because I, I wouldn't necessarily start somebody who had no knowledge of the Holocaust at all on mouse. Um, yeah, I think you you need to go into that. At least, you know, at least accepting it happened. Yeah. Um, the um, and 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 again, maybe that's part of my coming at this. I'm like going, I, I know some of this already, so I need, you know, for for me to to push on from it. I want it to be that you know to to have bring bring something to me that's we're also giving me yeah, going on, and, yeah. and because I didn't have the character connection, that's probably the thing. There. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. it does. It does show. Um, how we come at things from different ways and you know the mm. yeah interesting that that is a really interesting point i think which we i'm sure we can um carry on discussing on the slack but anyway back to you baby cakes how are you doing at the moment what, yep. what's going on with you fine ticking away with doing my thing yeah. <laughs> nothing particularly <laughs> exciting coming out from my, from me at the moment you tabling uh, anything soon or no no I, my next tabling experience will be in september um, which is actually a different Glasgow event than the one that you and I will be. Um, oh, okay. Is it making, like an Acme thing it, you're going to? Is it? Or... It is indeed. It right. is, yeah. So, um, yeah. No, the, I'm I'm essentially taking this year out. For all, you know, I've not signed up 
I didn't sign up for for thought bubble. I didn't sign up for um, for any other sort of events that we've we've yeah. been to in the past. Uh, the Acme thing is just one of these things that just rolls, and it's it's worth being at. Okay. Um, so no, um, not too long. But obviously, you and I will both be attending. Glasgow Comic Con at the start of June. Yeah, I think we're gonna. There's gonna be a couple of other people you've heard on this podcast. So um, the Canon, he's gonna be there. Um, Pete Watson, who was in, in the early days of this and does the, the excellent Earth Two podcast, um, he's gonna be there. Uh, I th- I'm hoping Gary Watson's gonna pop up as well. So it'd be good to see Gary. I was chatting to him about it the other day. So yeah, there's gonna be a few faces at it. Um, they've announced the guests literally about an hour ago, haven't they? Um, mm-hmm. David Arger's gonna be there. I think he's kind of the big name. Um, yeah. Yeah, so we'll probably do that. We might might dart off, have a beer, and go and do some back issue shopping, or probably do it the other way around because it's more dangerous if you've had a beer. Um, <laughs> to spend the monthly wages, but yeah, yeah. So I'm looking forward to that, man. It should be it should be a, la- a laugh. And then yeah. I'm trucking on up to Dundee to see the boys from um, that comic smell. So I'm looking forward to seeing um, all the guys from that, Dave and Tom and everyone up there, Mike. Uh, yeah, so that'll be that'll be good fun. Um, yeah. Yeah, we'll see what happens. It'll be interesting. I like I like Scotland for comics. You lot you lot of fucking in it to win it up there. That's a good thing about this. And shown by the fact the amount of Scottish voices we have on this show. You know, there's, there's there is still that love for like love for comics that isn't about twee autobiographical comics as it appears to be in London it, at the moment. It, it's the long dark nights. We need something to do inside. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. The rise of the independence in the eighties, you thought it was something else. But there you go. Oh. There you go. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> I heard the disappointment in your your voice at that joke. So where can people find you, babes? Uh, just search for Pendgwin on any form of social media. Cool. And come and join the ACP Slack at the moment. We've got a reading group, Awesome Comics Podcast Slack. Just message me or anyone and we'll get you the um, joining requirements. The It's free and we're doing a bit of a... We're doing um, a read-through of Bone at the moment as part of it, which I've cunningly entitled the channel Boning, which I thought was quite hilarious. Um, so come and join us there um, Awesome Comics podcast uh, is weekly as well and we've got another one of these ones coming up which I'm hoping Tom Curry is going to be on and Al and I will discuss our next one so mm. thanks man, much appreciated mm.